In today's episode, I interview HR expert Christy Scutvik. Now, Christy flew all the way from LA to be in the studio to cover some of these important topics that so many people are struggling with. How can we motivate our people within our organizations to take it to the next level? So many people are struggling with retention and attraction. Christy is going to tackle all of those things and much more. How can you take the vibe of your office or work culture to the next level? Christy is going to tell us how. All right. I'm pretty excited about this one. In the new studio, we had some uh, renovations done, but all the way from LA, we have Christy here who has turned into not only one of my favorite people, but also a partner in crime. So welcome to Tough Talk. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. uh, Well, first of all, I want to go back to the very beginning. Um, before we talk about what a day in the life of Chris Tuff is, because that's essentially wow. what we've been going through. Um, but I want to talk about, you know, as you know, Christy, I'm obsessed with connection and authentic connection and living and breathing this stuff. So I thought our how we got to know each other was such a good example of that. Talk a little bit about how this partnership came to be, and then we'll we'll also get into the nitty gritty of what we're building together. Perfect. Yeah. So I had this dream long ago of doing my own podcast. And so, you know, as I've met people through my network and my clients and my consulting business, I um, connected with someone and we started working on this business together. And I said, well, I think we could really start a podcast or I want to start a podcast. If I do nothing else, I love hearing stories from people. And so I'd like to talk to some people. And as him and I were talking, he had just met you and he's like, I think I have the perfect first guest for you, (laughs) which is weird. We're sitting here right now, right? You flew all the way from LA for a dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, kind of true. Let's be honest. Like you flew all the way to LA for a day in the life of Christoph. We did. And it's been an experience. (laughs) All right. A tough experience. Okay. okay. So, so the podcast, so, what was the podcast about? About bringing good work vibes to the workplace. Okay. So like just hearing stories from leaders on like the good of the bad and the ugly of what it feel like the atmosphere, the feeling that they get when they're at work, right. Yeah. And how they create good ones and bad ones. Um, and so he connected me to you. That was about a year ago. And then like, I can't believe how much has happened over the last year. Crazy and that's like, one year ago. One year. That's it. Unbelievable. And and you live in LA and I live in Atlanta. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And so then like, it's just when you take a chance on an opportunity and you're like, yeah, sure. I'll meet that person. Or yeah, sure. That sounds great. And you're just like yourself. It just creates this connection that is um, real and true. And like the opportunities that come from it are just incredible. I love it. And what's cool also about Christie's, I've become best friends with her husband, Ryan, who right. we'll, we'll, we'll interview at some point uh, on this. Um, all right. So, you know, it's been, it's crazy that it's only been one year. And yeah. I think it is such a good example of what authentic connection looks like. Give a little bit of background, Christy, to 
where you've come from and what you specialize in. And, and it's interesting because whenever I hear of a company that's struggling with their workforce, I'm like, oh, I got someone for you. Her name is Christy <laughs> Skutvik, and she is one of the best out there, right? But talk a little bit about your journey of what brought you into this place in a similar realm as mine of being obsessed with that vibe, right? Yeah. And that's the name work vibes. So yeah, talk about your journey and what brought you to, well, now tough talk. So I, by trade, I guess you could say have been in HR, which nobody likes HR. I don't know. I mean, I must like it a lot. Ryan and I have talked about this. Like I've been in it for so long and I stay in it because I like it, but that's weird. Um, but also I think I like it because I feel like I can provide something different than a lot of other HR people. And that's what keeps me going in it. And, and what is that different? The difference is like the human aspect in in cultivating like it it doesn't need to be like the pol internal police department to an mm -hmm. organization, but yet you can bring out the best in people versus telling them what they're doing wrong. Mm. Right. And really understanding and coming to it from like a humanistic conversational business perspective versus like, this is the policy and procedure that's, I find so many HR professionals come from that angle and it's, nobody wants it. Business leaders don't want it. They don't like it. They don't appreciate it. And it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. So I, in my corporate career was always told like, I do it different. And so what, what is that difference? I explored and I always wanted to go out on my own because then I knew I could impact other a lot more than just one organization with how I do HR different. So tell, t tell us a little bit. So you worked in the big business and you're the head of HR and you did that thing. And now you're off on your own consulting all sorts of companies around how to create good work vibes, right? Yep. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the marketplace. You know, one of the things as you know very well at this point, since we now talk almost every single day, this I've become obsessed with empowering more people to reinvent themselves mm -hmm. and going off of the statistic that 11% of people are in jobs that actually match their personality profile, right? So I'm not trying to lead you with that, but it's what I see so profound in what you do mm -hmm. as you go into a lot of messy organizations and help them on their way to this. It is a path of fulfillment for a lot of these individuals, but more than anything, it's about getting people in the right spot. So, but I want to like, what's your kind of synopsis of the landscape right now, as you put it through this lens of kind of the need for reinvention? Yeah, gosh, there's a lot in the marketplace. And I think like post pandemic, I will say people are burnt out. They're confused. They've been doing something. Companies kind of don't know what their authentic selves are, to mm -hmm. be honest, right? Because they've had to reinvent themselves through this pandemic. And then they came out of it like, is it, are we office space? Are we not office space? Are we this? Are we that? And I think people, employees of that organization have, some of them have a very strong conviction of what they want it to be. And there's like misalignment everywhere. Hmm. Um, because I think before they would just settle. It's like, okay, this is what the company wants. This is what they do. But I would say even personally, I've had an opportunity to kind of like really think deeply through like, we do this or we do that. Or I have a good example of like my kids in their schools. And it's like, they just 
they just go to the school in our neighborhood. Well, they don't just go to the school in our neighborhood. They go to the school that's going to bring out the best in them. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's been a lot of conversations about with people, how I approach it from an HR perspective and getting good work vibes is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And like, what is the organization doing? Like, how are you aligning what you love to do with the organization that you're within and what their purpose and passion is for the market that they serve? Well, and I think one thing that I found so compelling in the work that you've done, Christy, from looking both from afar, but also working with you on some of this stuff is how you empower more leaders to become just as much a mentor and coach mm -hmm. as they are the boss. And we've seen this huge shift mm -hmm. happen in the marketplace in terms of expectations for millennials and Gen Zers. They want that not only authentic connection with leadership, but also more of that continuous learning outside of their domains of expertise. So talk a little bit more about how, what are the tools and tactics that you're you're bringing forth? Because that's another big differentiator for you. Not only are you looking at the problem, mm -hmm. but you're saying, here are the things that you need to do differently. And mm -hmm. it's these three. Talk talk about that process and, and some of the things you're finding. I think the first thing some is leaders have to get real with themselves, right? So like until you're real with yourself, you can't get real with others. And so at, when I'm working with leaders, like asking them simple questions, like what's on your mind? Why? Like what's getting in your way? Like the very, very simple things that they need to know about themselves before they can go into a conversation because that it's like common sense exits their brain as they walk through like the proverbial doors of an office building. And then they forget that they're human. And so are the people that they're working with. But that's the way they were raised, right? I mean, that's yes. very much the kind of boomer and extra leadership style. Totally. And it, but if they get real with themselves, they can actually be vulnerable with their people and approach them like, Hey, you know, what's on your mind or what I, I noticed this or that and get, just be a real human being and have a conversation with them. Hmm. I also think I, I just read this the other day that leaders, their leadership is defined by how their people are talking about them at the dinner table, hmm. which I love it's that. so simple, but like, if you really get real with yourself and think sure. about like, you know, Chris, how your people are talking about you at the dinner table that that says a lot that's I, I that's i mean it's such a good point and you know you look at some of the things that are happening in these organizations right and so many of those solutions are super simple and cost yes. nothing to implement so what are some of those things for people listening that they can take action on mm -hmm. immediately what are like some of those common themes you're finding um, really simple recognition tactics. So I bought some, I bought a trophy off Amazon that was a goat for greatest of all time mm -hmm. and, um, had just a little plaque that said goal crusher of the week. And you, it was $12 Yeah, and people love it. That's awesome. They absolutely, it's so simple, but it's that recognition because they feel cared for, yeah. right? That's what it comes down to, or simply asking somebody how their weekend was, or, you know, following up with them, knowing that they may have had something hard happen or just knowing people and asking the simple questions. So in all of this, right, you you hear and read 
more and more about this role of both side hustles, right? Mm -hmm. And passions. And the younger you get, the more of an expectation that passions will be itched in those four walls. Mm -hmm. And you see reflected in the data that when people get there and they're not getting that, they just leave, right? Mm -hmm. And they up and quit and they move in with mom and dad or whatever it is. I want your opinion on where does passion live within work today? Where does passion live within work today? Um, I think it's a combination of within like the work that you're doing, if you choose to go work for a single employer, but also outside of that, like, what are you doing in your free time, whether you're making money from it or not. Right. I had an interview. I have a very interesting story. So uh, for one of my clients, I recently hired someone in HR and I asked her the question during the interview process, new in career. I think she had like a year of experience. I said, what are you passionate about? And she said, the Yankees. Hmm. And I said, okay, tell me more. And as she started explaining like her love for baseball and the Yankees and all, I mean, you could just feel it. And I said, okay, how do you apply what you love about the Yankees to work? And she was able to like, so clearly articulate that. And she's, what was the, what was the, what was the type of organization? Was it like, well, what did the company do? It had nothing to do with baseball. Right? Had nothing to do with baseball in the huh. educational space. No way. Yeah, and she, I think it's just like because she is so true to herself and she knows who she is. I love that. She also is super confident in the decisions that she's making in the workplace, and it's it's just like rising through, and she's killing it. So I've got a great example that follows that exact same thing, and it was a guy. His name's Charlie, the roof guy. That's mm-hmm. not his last name, the roof guy. His name's Charlie. And he put a roof on my house and I'd met him and we became good friends. And I was like, all right, well, he, uh, I need a new roof. So I'm going to let Charlie do it. And as he was over here, we got to spend a lot of time together mm-hmm. and we were doing through that same process, which mm-hmm. he's selling roofs now and his livelihood and family's livelihood depends on it. And here you have a guy that didn't even really go to college or school. Right. And he turned to me and he was like, dude, Chris, like you've written books and stuff. Like, how do I up my game? Like, how do I get more houses in this neighborhood? Mm-hmm. And I asked him that same question. Well, what fires you up? Yeah. Right. What, what, like, what are some of these passions? He was like, man, it's got nothing to do with roofing. I'm like, okay, what is it? He goes fishing. I was like, all right, now we're talking. What, if, what about if you took that same approach that you do at fishing mm-hmm. as you do with sales? He was like, Oh my yes. gosh, Chris. So here's what I'm going to do, right? And he's, he, he, he goes, okay, I'm going to start applying that. He calls me back three weeks later. He goes, Chris, I am crushing it. And you know what I'm doing? I was like, what? I don't even know. I don't even remember what I told you. He goes, I'm going big fish hunting. Like I'm going for the big fish. And here's what I do. I go to all the fancy neighborhoods and I throw up my drone And I go for these big fish and that's me trying to go after the Marlin. I take pictures from above and then I go and I show them their roofs and I tell them it can be covered by insurance. And guess what? I landed like three of these massive roofs. And now that I'm approaching my business with roofing the same way that I am with fishing, it's become fun again. Right. And I think as humans, we think like everything has to be on that linear thing. And, and that's not the case. And, 
you know, I'd love to hear from you. One of the things I've experienced is I've gone into a lot of very different organizations, you know, some of the most prestigious global brands that are creating the sexiest products out there to roofing and flooring and crane companies. Mm -hmm. And what's so astounding to me is that the ones with the best cultures, the ones where people truly want to fight for one another, they want to grab beers together after work, they want to go above and beyond, they feel empowered. It's 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 not the big sexy brands. No. It's the it's the smaller ones. So talk a little bit about what you've seen there in your experience, knowing that you 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 work with such a variety of mm-hmm. diverse organizations. I think those big organizations lack the flexibility to allow for creativity. So I think they talk about it, but they don't practice it, right? So the practices internally need to be aligned with like what they preach, you know, practice what you preach, I guess. Um, And so they become so bureaucratic that, for example, I have worked with an organization that um, somebody wanted to do a side hustle. So they asked about it to get permission for it. And it took four weeks to get permission for something that was so simple, going to be done on the weekends, didn't interfere, (laughs) um, but was in a similar, similar space, but not a conflicted space. And so I think about that experience of somebody waiting four weeks to do something that they're passionate about. And then how does that impact the work that they're currently doing? So I think big companies, it could be smaller companies too, but there's a conditioning that has happened over time of like, it must be this way and it must be separate and apart from what you're doing inside the, you know, nine to five workday. And the companies who allow for more flexibility within that are going to just gain so much more in productivity and ultimately better revenue numbers, right? Because those people are going to be happy, go the extra mile, pick up the phone when you call them, maybe on an off hour, so to speak, and do what needs to get done to make it happen. So I read a study recently about how not only disconnected, but it's all of the things that you would think is the worst case scenario. People Mm -hmm. are more disconnected than ever before. They're, They're feeling less empowered, less connected to the workplace, unwilling to go not only to meet their job requirements, but they're looking for the easiest way Mm -hmm. out, right? What's happening in your eyes out there? What's contributing to this the most, this kind of disconnection and that, that change of what could be perceived as just people not having the right work ethic in today's day and age? Yeah. Cause I don't think it's worth work ethic. Cause I see people of every generation have bad and good work, work ethic, right? Um, what's happening. I think a lot of people are living in fear of like unwilling to take a risk. Mm -hmm. So they're like fearful of this or fearful of that. And they've been conditioned in their mind that like, I have to do this, or I have to do that, or I have to go to college. Like, why do you have to go to college? So my brother is not he didn't go to college, but hugely successful because he knew it. he was passionate about stuff in the auto industry, right? So he just went for it, did all the research and he self-taught and went on his merry way. And so I think that society kind of tells us we're, we're in this shift because the younger generations, I'll make it generational for a second, are like, wait a minute, 
right? With the rise of like Uber and all the like um, the gig economy. Gig economy. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, I can make money. I could do this and I could do that. Yeah. I could do this. It's like an and game. It's no longer like an or game. And I love the for anyone listening or watching in and of itself. It's on Hulu and Disney. And it is one of the best documentaries on this concept that we are mm-hmm. defined by more than just one job. And I'm not going to give away anything more than that. Uh, Derek Delgadio is the one who does it. And it is one of the best performances you've mm. ever seen. In and of itself. In and of yeah. itself. Have you not seen it? I haven't. Seriously? Uh-uh. You, you guys have to watch it. We will. I cry. And it's funny. You either get it or you don't. I remember I sent it to like my good friends who are, are mostly entrepreneurs. And they all called me. And they're like, Chris, I watched it twice. I cried. And then I sent it to my dad and another person. And they both were like, I don't get it. I'm like, oh my God. All right. I'm not even going to try with you guys. So you either get it or you don't, but most likely you'll get it. But it is this commentary on, on we are defined by, I am a dad, right? I'm a kiteboarder. I'm right. a author. I'm a speaker. I'm a inventor, right? Like I'm all of these things that make me who I am. Mm-hmm. And you then look at that role of authenticity through all of those, right? Are you mm-hmm. showing up as the same person? And and that's really what I'm trying to inspire more of, right? It's it's not only connection with one another, but connection with ourselves. For sure. And one thing I've seen from you that is so gets me excited is some of the work you do in the personality profiling piece of mm-hmm. making sure that the right people are in the right spots. Talk a little bit about that process for those that yeah. are looking to reinvent themselves. For sure. So I had a conversation actually at the end of last week about somebody I used to work with and she took the summer off, hung out with her kids, and now she's getting back into the workforce. And I said, well, what do you want to do? And she's like, I think sales. I said, well, why? Like, have you understood enough about yourself over this time off that you've had to know why you, or just because you like were in sales before. So she's going to take culture index. And I'm like, are you open and willing to explore what you're good at? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. I said, cause maybe your sales, what, why you're leaning towards that. Maybe it's really account management. Cause I don't think you like to go knock on doors. Right. But I think you enjoy speaking with people, but I think you like walking into something you already know. Mm. What I know about you is that's what I think you like, but let's like explore what it, how it really shows up for you so that the next job that you land, you're going to bring your whole best self to that organization and you're going to kill it. Totally. Because the last role you were in, you weren't bringing your whole best self because you didn't, it wasn't aligned with like who you are as a human. So I think yeah, getting in the right seat, you're going to get the whole person, you're going to get creative ideas, you're going to get like new and fresh perspective that you wouldn't otherwise get if somebody's just like following the book of what they think. It's like managing the expectation totally. of what the role is versus showing up as Chris Tuff or totally. Christy Scootvik every single day. And like, you might not know what you're going to get, but you're going to get something super awesome because it's the role fits your you know, who you are. When I was telling your husband, Ryan, when we were experiencing a day of the life of Chris Tuff while walking my dog, um, we were talking about, you're going to kill me with this day in the life. I know. Well, <laughs> I think listeners, make it back home. I know. Well, Hey, we're just getting warmed up here. We're about to hit flow state. But, um, so, uh, you, you hear so often about, well, from an organizational side, the importance of continuous learning. We see it come up in the data time and time again, but then you, we also hear from 
the influencers of the world or the people that are the motivational speakers to invest in yourself Mm -hmm. and what better place to both do continuous learning within your organization, but also investing in yourself by understanding how you're truly wired. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where strength finders, Enneagram disc profiles. I am also uh, a huge advocate of culture index, as you know, and it's hilarious because the guy that just was here this morning that rebuilt all of this, I was like, dude, do you want to do your culture index? And I did a quick read with him and uh, I was like, dude, you're miserable because you have to draw. You're a low detail guy. You're, you're a trailblazer. Yeah. You're meant to just create. You need an assistant that can deal with the billing and the logistics yes. and the day to day. And you'll finally actually feel, because that's the only thing that's out of line. And to be able to tell that so quickly for people totally. is massive. And I think that is the nexus of where reinvention lives. There's also a responsible road towards that reinvention. It doesn't mean just right. up and quit, right? Right, right. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, think. depends who you are. Yeah, right. But I also like this concept of like adaptive learning. So it's like continuous learning, but adapting the learning to like the learner. So there's different. So what's that look like? Uh- yeah. So it's like knowing who you are, right, is kind of the first step. And then understanding what it's going to take to get you to learn some a skill that you want to learn because you haven't learned it before. Okay. Right. To get you on that path sure, sure, to like sure. the right, the right um job for you or the right passion for you. And I think that people confuse like passion with no money or passion with like I have to make all my money right away, or I have to do it the majority of time during my day. Um, and I don't think that's true either. I think there can be like this integration point of like what you're good at. Ryan and I were, were on a walk the other night and we were talking about like, so I'm an HR, like, I don't really love HR, but I like do HR and I've done it for a long time. So I must like it. Like, so what is it? I was getting real with myself. Like, what is it about HR that I actually like and keeps me doing it? Cause I don't wake up miserable every day. I started my own company doing HR. And so it's like, the, so I like to be in the know of what's going on. And so in, in HR, I get to be in the know of what's going on within an organization. So that's number, like, that's one thing. Um, but I think that's a really important point, right? Because I, I had sold myself on the idea that oh, I'm done with marketing and digital stuff. Yeah. Right. But then when my friends ask me advice in those areas, I'm like, wait a second. I'm getting pretty fired up with my responses. It's just that it's become so instinctive to me. And then also I had outgrown the organization that I helped build, right? And so that instinct for me to ditch all of it, which I kind of did, right? not that I regret it because a lot of what I do is also in the marketing space, but I think there are a lot of people that have either a bad experience at an organization or they sell themselves on this idea that they're no longer passionate about it when that's not necessarily the case. It's that they're either having a bad experience or they are trying to create this new road for themselves because they're really bored with the day to day. Right. Or they're completely burnt out. I think you sent me something the other day of like, people are just completely, completely burned out. So they like, think that it's because what they're doing isn't what they're passionate about, but it's really like the act of where they're doing it. Or maybe like you said, the atmosphere or the vibe of the organization is just off. So they can no longer be creative or they hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And they think, Oh, marketing isn't for me. Yeah. 
instead of like exploring what it looks like to do it on their own or exploring another organization that might like empower their creativity to come through and find like a new love for it all over again. I love it. I love it. And it's it, this this gets me so fired up and the work that you do gets me fired up. I think if, since we, you flew all the way from LA, they don't need to hear about how ridiculous a day in the life of Chris Tuff is. I'd rather use this opportunity to talk about what's next. And that is something that fires me up. Um, obviously working with both you and, and, and your husband, Ryan, um, and our friend Kevin, but talk a little bit about kind of what's next and and where we're going to be partnering. Yeah. So we're going to scale the experience, the tough experience, but in the org- in organizations, right? So it's like bottling the energy that you bring and the, the experience and the research and the book that you've written and coupled with like the experience I've had in HR and then Kevin operationally and pulling that into organizations. So people get that we at scale, people have more of an opportunity to experience good work vibes. I mean, yeah. that's truly what it is because once they experience that, then they can either uncover that they hate it there. Yeah. They love it there. They can see who they truly are and then they can spread their wings and maybe they go out and start their own thing. Right. Yeah. But we like to lift people up to get real enough with themselves to know what they should be doing and what, what they provide into this world. Yeah. And one of the things I'm super excited about is in this kind of private equity roll-up space. And so we'll go in, Christy, Kevin, and I, and the team, and we'll actually do a deep analysis on the culture of an organization before it's bought, but then also help with some of the reorganization and tactics needed from an organizational and a leadership lens to help take it to the next level. So upon that transaction going through or not going through, it's, it's go time to providing not only value, but connection, right? And ROI and profits and connection, they go hand in hand. And when you can prove that with the data that you bring to the table, it's massive. So, And it's such a gap in that space, right? Because the- No one's doing it with heart. No one's doing it. No one. No No one. And it's needed. Like, I don't know what the percentage is, maybe eight out of 10, like- acquisitions fail because there's like this clash of cultures or they don't take that people component into play when they're doing the acquisition and it fails. Well, and then I I was talking to a serial entrepreneur friend of mine that has done very well in the roll-up space. And he said to me, Chris, it's when we make a bad culture acquisition or leadership acquisition, and we're stuck with that, it takes three and a half years to clean it up. Three and a half years. If you can help uh, us avoid that, then you got a business. I'm like, uh oh, I think we might have a business here. Totally. Because nobody goes to the grocery store to buy moldy food. No, exactly. Right. It's like the That's same so thing. True. These investors don't go into a company and like, oh, but I no want- one's looking at that. They're only looking at but the books, right? Exactly. Like they're looking at the profits and the numbers. But what is, I think, just as important, if not maybe a little bit more, because that's where you actually can see true potential. 100%. All right. Yeah. So how do you want to leave listeners and viewers today? Uh, and and what is really the first tough talk in the new studio? <laughs> how do you want to leave them? I, I just say, you know, ask yourself one question, like what's on your mind? And then follow up with like, and what else? So that you get to know who you are and really can explore whether or not you're doing what you're made to do. I love that. And um, if you're not, like, what's the next 
one thing that you can do. Mm. So I also think people get overwhelmed with like the 10 things that they need to do in order to be like a CMO when they want to go into marketing and maybe they're in sales, right? But they just need to do one thing that takes them one step closer to being what they want to be or what they're passionate about. So awesome. don't overwhelm yourself by the 10 things, do the next one thing. Awesome. And and where can people find you? Where can people find me? Um, this is where you plug like the social medias and stuff. Okay. At Keek Scoots. <laughs> oh, okay. That's an easy one. That's uh, that's Instagram. Um, and getworkvibes.com awesome. and scootbitconsulting.com. So, awesome. you know, I got at this intersection of all my passions coming together and it's super awesome. It's so cool. And it's so fun to obviously get to know you. I can't believe it's our friend anniversary, and then your yeah. husband Ryan and I's almost friend anniversary. So to celebrate. Well, we a... are. We're going through your experience as a celebration. Oh, totally. No, 100%. A hundred percent. A hundred day in the day in the life of Chris Tuff is. Uh, it's a perfect way to to really celebrate our first year. For sure. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.